You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So we'll start here with Rav Moshe's, um, was asked, what does it mean that the minig is that women don't do malocha when the lights, the Hanukkah lights are burning? So he says that um, it, that is the minag, but it doesn't mean what, what for example, we've been learning Hilchas Cholomoed. That's not the model. Um, Malocha, this minag that women don't engage in when the nearest are burning, it should be Malochas Amitios Vikoshos. Really difficult stuff. Not, you know, even, like, for example, doing a laundry would be, well, okay. That wouldn't violate it, you know, throwing stuff in. Um, in fact, he says that maybe they shouldn't be doing the books, like if they're writing the books of, of uh, you know, what they've been selling and what they owe, uh, the budgets, maybe that she shouldn't do. But if she wants to write, even though that's, of course, a malacha from the Torah, even if she has a beautiful handwriting or she wants to do calligraphy, Ramesha feels that is not part of the minag, and that would not be a problem of doing that during the period that the Hanukkah of Menorah is lit. Um, now that is a psak that he gave about women in, in their Hanukkah. Rabbi Yoshev, when speaking about the significance of the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah, uh, <laughs> he said, we know that a person, and again, this is one of the uh, great uh, directives that the Rabbanon give us, that even if you're the poorest person, you have to go into debt in order to be able to be Madlik Neiros. Rabbi Yoshev said the same way that if you don't have oil, you need to, or to have the means of lighting it, you need to go and beg for it. Let's say if a person is homeless, so he says you need to somehow uh, borrow in order to get a house, in order to be able to fulfill the myths of Ner Hanukkah. Why? Well, you could say, I don't have a house. I'm a homeless guy. I have no house. I, and there are people in Nebuchadnezzar that are homeless. I don't have to. I'm part of this mitzvah. So he, Rav Yoshev felt that Chazal want you, you might be homeless during the rest of the year, but you need to scrounge up enough money to rent an apartment for the week of Hanukkah. Because being chayiv in their Hanukkah, by definition, means you have to own a house. <laughs> so let's say a guy is mamish super homeless. And, uh, but, so you say, oh, the guy's potter from all mitzvahs uh, that have to do with spending money. That might be true. Uh, about many mitzvahs, but he's not potter from the mitzvah of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is an exception. Okay, so okay, so now this guy ha- doesn't have a home. So what's he supposed to do? So Rabbi Yoshev says, included in the chiyav of being able to be madlik near Hanukkah means you have to make yourself a baal with a home. So therefore, um, since the chiyav of near Hanukkah, which everybody needs to f- try to fulfill, for this person, he needs to have a house. So, so I guess the point is, you know, you would probably, you know, there are places where you could rent an efficiency for a week. So that would be part of his chiv, would be to borrow enough money to be able to have some sort of home in which to be in. Um, 
Now, one of the things that uh, Rebel Yosha was a very big um, defender of, which is, of course, was that Ner Hanukkah should be lit outside, no matter what, all over Eretz Yisrael. Um, there were Rabbanim who came to Eretz Yisrael um, uh, after the war, or during, right when the war was ending, and they were surprised that people were lighting outside. We talked about this yesterday, that um, that uh, that the Rabbanim and Eretz Yisrael all understood to light outside, but they, were, they did get a, in, in the 40s, in the 50s, uh, there were Rabbanim who were arriving on the shores and, and saying, oh, you have to light outside. You have to light inside. And, and Rebel Yoshim and many other Rabbanim fought back on this. And, and now almost everybody uh, lights uh, outside in Eretz Yisrael. But it wasn't so simple for a while. For a while, there was a little bit of a pushback. So one of the uh, complaints against lighting outside was what was known of, from the Maril Diskin. That um, now, I talked about this the other day. Uh, Rav, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, we already saw, said that even when you're lighting it, the wind is blowing. But if you immediately shut the you shut the glass over the container, then you're fine. That's what uh, Rav Chaim had said. That Mario Diskin said that um, that that would be a problem. Because we know Hadlaka Zosa Mitzvah, and therefore, if you put the candle originally, the post can say, then you have to go back and relight it because it's like you didn't put enough oil in. So if at the time you light it, that the moment when it's being lit, the wind will blow it out, that's as if there's not enough oil in it. So how did the Mario Diskin light his Hanukkiah? So they said the way he did it was like this. The door, uh, the, 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 the glass plate was closed. And what he did was there was a little, uh, a little hole underneath that was narrow that you were able to insert the shamus. And then you work the shamus and, 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 and light uh, the Hanukkiah, but it's really already all in glass. That's the way uh, the Maril Diskin did it. Um, as I told you, Rebel Yoshev, uh, Rev Chaim Kanievsky was asked about this and he said, you're still Yotze. And that was also the opinion of Rebel Yoshev. In fact, it's hard to, this part is a little bit difficult to understand. I said, if you remember the other day, that maybe it was more temperate climate in Eretz Yisrael at the time they made the Takana, and therefore the winds were not that strong at all. Rebel Yoshev disagrees, and I, I'll, I'll, bet, I'll bend to his opinion. He says that even Bisman Chazal, they used to use something like a Klis Chuchis. And therefore he felt that even though you're going to like cover it, from the wind, you didn't have to worry about that because it's basically the same moment of the Hadlaka. And the reason is, is because you could close that thing right as soon as your madhga, one second later, you close it. It doesn't have to be in there for, like we talked about Tokhe de Dibor, it's so close to the time you're lighting it, it wouldn't be a problem. So, that is... Um, 
again, just to tell you that Rabbi Yosha felt that they did use something like that in the time of Chazal, which is interesting to say that, but that's what he says. Um, Rabbi Yosha also felt that um, you should light standing up. That you should be, in other words, you shouldn't be in a wheelchair or in a in a raised hospital bed. So, um, in 2011, uh, when Rabbi Yosh, the last year Rabbi Yosha was alive, Rabbi Yosha was not able to stand uh, and light Hanukkah Licht. So, therefore, um, uh, wanted him to light uh, sitting down. And Rebel Yosha said no. In fact, he stood up. Why? Rebel Yosha said why. He says, it's not in Hilchah's Hanukkah, but, but the Mishnah Brewer writes in Simen Ches, if it's Birchah's HaMitzvot that you're doing, you should be standing up. So the Bracha needs to be standing. Now, Rabbi Yosher explained that the act of Adloka itself doesn't need an Amida. In other words, while, when you're actually lighting it, you don't need Amida. Unless the Torah writes it, but the Baracha that you do on a mitzvah, you should be standing up. Now, Rabbi Yosher pointed out that there is, there are Achronim, that say that Hanukkah, this, not just for the bracha, for another reason, because you should be standing, is because, in a way, you are replicating the avod in the Beis Hamikdash. And since, obviously, anybody doing avod in the Beis Hamikdash needs to be standing, even the Kohen that would light the menorah, so therefore, um, you should be standing. In fact, if you look in the Mishnah and Talmud, Rebbe Yashav points out, it does say specifically that there was a stone that a shorter Kohanim would stand on in order to do a Tabas Haneros. Um, Rebbe Yashav pointed out that we know the famous Ramban in Parshas Balosla that says that Aaron's lighting of the menorah uh, is somehow mirrored and echoed by what we do. So therefore, there's two dinim. First of all, mitzad the bracha and the rem, and also in terms of the hadloka itself, there might also be the same I, uh, this this idea of doing avoda. Um, Rebbe Yoshev also said that even when it comes to uh, blowing shofar, so again the bracha. Could, you know, obviously you never saw anybody sitting down when they blew chauffeur, but let's say someone, it's hard to stand up. A uh, person's a great Baltikeya, but he, but he has to be in a wheelchair. Is that a psul in blowing chauffeur? So again, the brachal, the katechila should always be done by mida. Berchas mitzvah, as we see. That's the covet of the bracha, mentioning God's name. What about the mitzvah itself? Sir Yosha pointed out that if you take a look in the Orzerua, one of the Rishonim, um, he says that we know that the chauffeur 
that was was the Gemara, the Pasuk and Parshas Baloscha compares all the shofars together, including the Chatzotzros. And the Chatzotzros were were blown in the Beis Hamikdash during the Hakrovas of the Korbonos. So the Chatzotzros is a chaluk of the Avoda. And the same way the Chatzotzros, you have to be standing up, any type of Tkiah shofar, you have to be standing up, even the ones you do on Rosh Hashanah. But again, it all stems from the idea that the Avod is something you have to stand for. And that's why Rebbe Yoshev, uh, up until the end of his life, was Makbid on standing uh, for Hadlokas Ner Hanukkah. An easy question. Let's say a kid, we talked about a kid becoming Bar Mitzvah. Let's say the child is getting Bar Mitzvah on one of the nights of Hanukkah. Uh, so even if, um, normally in that family, their mods look like the minig of the gon, which is right at Shkia, but here it'd be a big difference because he's not yet completely a bar mitzvah until Tzayseqochavim. If he's madlik, even though it's after plag and by Shkia, he's doing, he's possibly only doing a darabonan mitzvah because he's still not yet 13. So therefore, even though on an Arab Shabbos, he would probably be Yodse, um, because he can't light later. If it's not an Arab Shabbos, he should wait, Rebel Yoshev says, until it's darker, until it says, like, I love him. And this way, even though it's not the best man, but he's going to have a better kiyum because he'll, he'll already be bar kiyum. Obviously, one way, he has the best kiyum because he's lighting right at Shkia, like the Minagagro, which was, let's say, his family's Minag. On the other hand, he's still lighting as a child. Whereas if he waits the 40 minutes or whatever it is, the 35 minutes, even though the rest of his family uh, is lighting earlier and people are lighting at a different man, it's not the most mahudr dikazman to light, but the gavra is definitely going to be more mahuyev than he would be if he would light it earlier. That's a, a pashat asfara, but that is a, a, what he says. Um, we know that there's a din in Shulchan Aruch to light, it's a very, very strong din to light in the Beisach Nesses. So what about, what's called a Beisach Nezes? So they asked Rebel Yosher the following question, because there was a group of people um, who, uh, it wasn't a daily minion, but it was a Shabbos minion. And where did they daven on Shabbos? So they daven, they, there was a Gan Yiladim. There was like a kindergarten uh, that had a room where they had a Sefer Teirah. And that was where this group of people that's where this group of people would have their minion on. That's where this group of people would have their minion on Shabbos. So is that a Beis HaKnesses that they should be madlik with a brocha, let's say on Arab Shabbos when they come there to Daven and, and, and Saturday night? You could say um, it's a Beis HaKnesses Aroi. I mean, it's only a shul on Shabbos. It's different, Moshe, than than example. The Sfaradim Daven in a place which is a which is it was supposed I know during COVID, but had been, of course, a show where you daven constantly, where you have a minion all the time. Maybe it's still a minion for the for the school, but this is a room that's basically a playroom. And on Shabbos they put a sefer Torah, whatever there's a sefer Torah there, so they make it a show. So maybe that's not really a base haknesis. That's chayiv and hadalokas near Hanukkah. Rabbi Yashiv said even that you'd be chayiv. In Hadalakas uh, Neiris, that's called a Beis Haknesis. We mentioned the other night um, that Rachaim Kanyevsky held that a person should be Choshesh for the Shita, that the Shemin Zayas 
needs to be roi lachila, and we talked about therefore if it's if the if the jar is not has not yet gone to the mikveh. Um, his shver, of course, Rabbi Yoshev Zatzal also was makbid if he could. Again, let's say he was mahader if he could to have shemen zayis that was roi lachila. Um, Um, but Rebel Yoshev pointed out that it's only lehidur, but meikar adin, even if it's not roi lachila, for example, um, sometimes you have oil that, you know, sometimes they have, they have this oil that they package that's like compressed. As you have oil sometimes that's very, it's like liquid. Then you have sometimes oil, it's almost like, I don't know if it's frozen, but there's something in it. Like, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you can, you can get it and it's sort of like, Hey, is that oil? It's like, it, it's like, it's like a piece of ice. And then it starts to, it starts to uh, become liquidy when you light it. So the, again, it would be a bigger hidur that it should be Roy Lachilo the way it is. But Rabbi Yashim said, really, it is a hidur, but look at, of course, you could use any shmonim. Uh, even if it's not Shemin Zayas. Now, also, he says that it shouldn't be lo mivushal. Now, um, so, um, Rabbi Yosheb, again, it's, it, it, if you can, you should get, obviously, uh, the liquidy oil. Um, and he said, if you have two choices, one is like, um, I don't know, rapeseed oil or something, you know, I don't know, some sort of oil that's like, like, like motor oil, um, you know, you know, it burns, but it's, you, nobody would, you can never put it in your food. And the other is, but it's liquidy. And the other is, um, Shemin Zayas that you've, you've cooked up and it's, it's jelly-like, which one is better? So, um, the truth is, neither of them are what went into the menorah and the Beis Hamikdash, and that's what you would like to uh, exemplify. But he says, if if it's not roi lachila, it's not called shemen zayis at all. So, therefore, that would be, even though it's liquidy, that would be uh, a less. So at least Shemin Zayas, even though you've got it boiled up and it's all karush, uh, that would still be better than having stuff that's liquidy, but it would definitely not be able to be used. Um, the um, I didn't know this to be true, but they asked Revolyoshev about there's a way to get olive oil where you crush the uh, where you crush the seed and you're able to extract liquid from there so it was just from the seed and not from the the pulp not from the actual fruit of the olive he says that's not called shemen zayas but then they told rebel yoshev that generally the way they do it today when they crush uh when they make olive oil they crush it with the uh with the uh seed in it with the pit in it. So, Rebbe Yoshev says that if that's true, that's then that's not lekatchila. You should try to, again, I'm not sure if it is on the market or not, but he says that 
what you couldn't use in the base of Mikdash, you, you wouldn't have been able to use in the base of Mikdash at all. Um, and Rabbi Yoshev says that you can't just say that, well, it's bottle. And Hidur is Hidur. Is it like the Shemin's eyes of the menorah? It's not. Therefore, you should realize that. As far as that goes. I'm not sure. I, I guess you could find maybe extra, extra virgin. I'm not sure exactly which doesn't have with the pit in it. But that's probably what you should be looking for. Um, Revel Yoshev, by the way, although he felt uh, going like the Vilna Gon was important, uh, he said that in Yerushalayim, at least, um, it should be about 10 minutes after what's, what's listed as sunset, because there's a big topic about what sunset is. Um, and Rebel Yosha felt that based on all the shittas, even in Yerushalayim or in Eretz Yisrael, you should light it 10 minutes after sunset, and it should last for about an hour. Because this way, if you say the time of the Zman Hadloka is Sunset, they mean uh, the uh, Kochavim? No. In other words, Rabbi Yoshev feels yeah. what's called Shkia is 10 minutes. So it should be like 10 minutes after that. Okay. And it should last 30 minutes after Tzaysa Kochavim. Because some say that's the Zman of Shkia. So really you should have enough oil in there if you're lighting an Eretz Yisrael, maybe even here too that it should be able to last 30 minutes after Tzais. So again, if you want, like Rebel Yoshev, if you would want to um, be Machmir, you would be lighting it about, you know, a little bit after our sunset, and it should last probably a little bit over, more than an hour. So you should, you know, they should be like uh, uh, the goblets, whatever you have should last about an hour and a half. Um, that would even, in Eretz Yisrael, maybe an hour. Uh, if you were lighting in Chutzlar, it's about, about an hour and a half is the amount of oil you'd have to put in to, to be, I'd say, the best way. Um, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 